Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where critics and fans finally unite to discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. We're not just fans, we're not just critics, we're Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the official podcast of WeGotThisCovered.com. I'm John Agroni from the internet, California, and sneaking lasagna into the theater off of a dare given to him by everyone's favorite orange cat, it's Will Ashton. Is this like the fifth Garfield introduction I've gotten? Cause I, I feel like you're about up. to say there should be more. Yeah, it's just that's exactly what I was going to say. And checking his phone 400 times during basically every movie he's ever watched, because hey, those Fortnite leaderboards aren't going to check themselves. It's Soundmaster Maverick Hines. What is it with you and me in Fortnite? You like call it out whenever you can. <laughs> I don't understand because uh, you love Fortnite. I don't love Fortnite. I just mm, play it a lot. Yeah, you love it a lot. Finally, we have a special guest, and he's becoming a bit of an institution around here, ripping tickets for the movie Rampage as a theater usher, but intentionally directing all moviegoers to go watch the Fathom event for Pulp Fiction. It's Sam Noland. You know me too well, John. <laughs> Uh, we have a summer movie preview uh, this episode. We're going to be telling you guys all about the movies we're most anticipating, and uh, we even have some honorable mentions. We're going to cover. You're going to get a good dose of what what Cinemaholics has in store for the next few months. Um, and I, I get it. I, I thought we were doing this kind of early, you know, in April, but believe it or not, our first summer movie preview last year we did that even before this <laughs> week last year. We did it like April 9th, so I don't feel bad about it anymore. Um, I was I was going to bring up, because no one's asked, no one's been like, where's the spring movie preview? But I guess I would explain it anyway. To me, there's no point in doing a spring movie preview, because like spring is like cut in half because of summer, right? Yeah. If we had just done March and half of April, like what would we have said? Ready Player One's coming out. <laughs> you knew that already, so. Uh. Yeah. And we didn't even have like a... Uh, geographical or not geographical like we didn't have spring this year like it just yeah went from winter to summer <laughs> yeah what is that word it's not it's like calendar it's something i, I yeah a paradox um, it's a struggle paradox yeah all right we've got a few off topics to get to before we jump into our summer movie preview first as always uh don't forget to check out our patreon if you want to support cinemaholics and keep it on uh life support uh, that's patreon.com slash cinemaholics. And uh, we have some some changes to the Anyway That's All I Got show. So if you're listening, you're, Anyway That's All I Got, what is that? Uh, well, Sam Noland, you are your guest today, but you you host our spinoff, uh, our Cinemaholics spinoff show, Anyway That's All I Got. What, what's going on? We're, you're not on the feed, Sam. Explain. I, I you know, uh, we, for a while, were just as surprised as you were. Um <laughs> But yes, we are now on our very own feed. Um, we are a feed entirely dedicated to our show, um, so that it's sort of it's it's more of a clean divide between this show, this is a lovely show, Cinemaholics, mm-hmm. and our show. Uh, anyway, that's all I got, and that's that is what the feed is called. It's just anyway, comma. That's all I got. Um, it's on pretty much any platform you use to uh, use to find podcasts. Where there's a good chance we're on it. Well, we're waiting and on Spotify and Stitcher. Yes, I am working on that. Yeah. Um, Almost, but there. hope hopefully within the next week those should be up. Uh, and luckily, uh, what I, f- I forget what it is. 
what's the rule? One episode a month, we do a crossover on this feed. That's right. So we're still going to be doing a big episode with you guys. Um, you're going to be showing so people, of course, the word gets spread on yes. your monthly episode. It's going to be a big one. It's coming out this Thursday. What is it? Well, I'm glad you asked, John. So uh, there's a there's a movie coming out this Friday. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Avengers: Infinity War, and it's one of the most anticipated things probably ever. And we thought, who would we be if we didn't somehow acknowledge it and honor it? Um, and we are going to be running down the entire MCU thus far. And as you know, there are by the time Infinity War comes out, there's going to be 19 movies of this franchise. So to do them all in one episode is kind of insane. So this Thursday, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about phase one and two. That's from Iron Man 1 all the way through the Avengers Age of Ultron. So the first 11 films in the franchise uh, we're going to be talking about the day before Infinity War comes out. And then a week later on our own feed, we're going to review all of phase three. So Ant-Man through Infinity War. Hopefully, if we can somehow get into a theater, which it's looking like might be harder than it sounds. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so it's going to be a nice little teaser. You guys will see that episode on both of our feeds this coming week. Um, and you guys also had your top five um, most suspenseful movies. or No, you had the top five best supporting characters episode yes. this past Thursday. So if you guys want to find the Anyway That's All I Got episodes, they're still live. They're on johnnygroney.com as always. And you can find, uh, if you just search for like Cinemaholics and podcasts, you'll see both the main show and you'll see Anyway That's All. You guys got your own new little logo. It's great. Um, yeah, we are we are still branded as a Cinemaholics podcast. So just to remind everyone uh, and remind ourselves, honestly, uh, who who gave us the fame that we now have. That would be the listeners for sure. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, we have a couple of listener emails that we want to get to. Um, and they kind of lead into some uh, quick discussion we want to have. So that should be good. Uh, so the first one comes from Michael. Um, Michael. Uh, emailed us all the way from Australia, um, and he said, Hey, I'm a middle-aged uh, Aussie male, and a month ago I decided it was time for me to enter the unknown world of podcasts. I enjoy watching and rating movies on Rotten Tomatoes, so chose mini or movie reviews. That's a Freudian slip on my part. For my first podcast search, your Cinemaholics came up, and it looked good, so I decided to download a few episodes to listen to while I was on a drive around Australia. Though it might be a way to break up my radio and music listening along the journey. Well, after listening to the opening music and your voices, I was soon hooked. I then spent the next six hours driving and listening to more of your episodes and wanted more. Now I can't wait to download your latest podcast each week and hear your reviews. I really enjoy your casual and relaxed approach to incorporating your own thoughts and film information while having fun along the way. I also appreciate that you don't reveal any spoilers, as I, like yourselves, prefer to know little about the plot before watching the movie. My only point of difference would be that I prefer a 1 to 10 rating um, scale, but I guess you guys chose the A, like the letter grade. He says A to D, but letter grades for a reason, perhaps because you wanted the podcast to focus more on a discussion rather than a rating. Um, I belong to a small movie club. We see a movie each month and then sit around afterwards in a cafe to discuss and rate it. I am by no means a movie critic, but still enjoy the whole process and experience. I've picked up a few tips from your discussions and reviews and also learned a bit about directors, background info, etc. So I'll be spreading the word about Cinemaholics here in Australia. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. That was a really, really nice email. Yeah. Um, it was great to hear it. And um, we just wanted to address the, the letter grades. Um, you're going to say, well, no, I just, I was agreeing with you. That was a very nice email. Um, so, so Will, Will Maverick, why, why do we do letter grades? 
What's what? What's the reason behind that, Maverick? You know, right? No, I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I mean, just we, I just do what John tells me to do. That's right. We just kind of go off to like the Entertainment Weekly thing, right? That's just how they go about it, and that's like a more not direct. I don't know. I feel like with letter grades, it's a little easier to judge a film because it doesn't. I don't know. I guess with like ratings, like people put too much stake into like what like a three out of five is as opposed to like a four out of five. And I feel like with the letter grade, there's a little more like room that you can kind of like point exactly what it is as opposed to saying like 3.75 out of 10 or out of five or whatever. Yeah. I really hate decimals. Like I get that like at B minus is a decimal into itself. But like when I see, when I see like a one to 10 scale and someone's like, I give this an 8.75. I'm like, <laughs> I think it works for like video games because video games have so many like technical things behind them that I can kind of see they, they kind of feel like they should be judged on a really big spectrum but I like letter grades because they can fit a bit more into little groups um, it's just it's just a, a taste thing for me I've always preferred letter grades I think that they can not not really I don't know if I've always was directly inspired by entertainment weekly but I don't know. I just every time I do like uh, star ratings, like on Letterboxd, I feel like I am doing a rating that like other people will not understand or not understand, but like people will misconstrue almost. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and I feel like I don't know. For me, it always just feels kind of arbitrary to have a grade. Like I think people put too much stock into what the grade of the movie is, and more. I, I to me, it's more about the conversation. It's more about what we discuss as opposed to what we ultimately give it. Because I mean those those are kind of flimsy for me. Like sometimes I'll give a movie like an A minus and maybe a month or two later, I'll think it was probably a B plus or something like disaster. I think I gave that like a B plus. I'd probably give that like a B or B minus by now. But you know, I mean, to me, it's just about the discussion. Mm -hmm. Not so much the grades. Sam, you're someone who you usually use star ratings. So where are you at? Uh, Well, I agree with Will that I think the discussion should be focused on more. And that's actually one of the reasons why Uh, I find Rotten Tomatoes kind of irritating, not because of the website itself, but because whenever you look up a movie, it's it's like whatever search engine you're using is just throwing the Rotten Tomatoes rating in your face. Like, here's how good it is. Now go away. Look up something else. Um, I use star ratings on Letterboxd just because that's the way I've done it for three years. Uh, On our podcast, we don't do ratings, though. We just we focus completely on the discussion. It's pretty pure. Yes, yes. We like to, you know, keep it vague. Um, but yeah, star ratings have worked for me just one to five, including halves. Uh, you know, it's, everyone has sort of their own, uh, when it comes to star ratings, everyone sort of has their own meanings. Like what does a three mean versus a four? Uh, and I, I like to think that, uh, I, I focus more on what I say than what I give it. Um, and usually whenever I write something, the star rating is the last thing I do. It's almost like an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so if, and so if you do not to plug myself, but if you do look on my letterbox, like some of my ratings are very interesting. Uh, like the graduate is a movie that I think is wonderful and I respect to like with the bottom of my heart. And I think it's one of the greatest, uh, you know, greatest things ever written, honestly, but I, I only gave it a 2.5 out of 5 because I just didn't really like it that much. Does that make sense? Not really, but yeah, I'll take a word for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That one, no, no, that one's just an anomaly. That's just like... it. It's a movie that I don't know if I'll ever really love, but I just I respect the hell out of it. 
I get you. I get what you mean. There are some sacred cows out there that I'm just like, that's that's a very nice movie. That's very nice. And then other ones, sometimes, like I watched, uh, I rewatched The Big Sleep this week, and I've always thought that that's not a very good movie, but I love it so much. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> objectively, it makes no sense. And I'm talking about the 1946 version, but I would never try to even rate that. Like, I am terrible at rating classic movies. Like, I don't know what I would rate The Graduate. Like, I don't, I don't know how you do that, so... I like when it comes to new movies when we do the ratings because I like having a rating as a baseline so like we can refer back to them over the year and it can quickly like remind us of what we thought of the movie honestly um like Will said and it's it's, not, it's a nice little top of mind sort of thing but that's why we do it and uh, hopefully that made sense um I uh, yeah. I definitely don't mind like how people do their ratings uh, as long as the discussion's good and I get a sense of what they like and they're consistent. I think that's the important stuff. And uh, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, bring back to Rotten Tomatoes. I think some people forget that like when a movie gets say like an 87%, that doesn't mean that all critics gave it like eight out of 10. That means that 87% of the critics gave it a favorable or somewhat favorable grade. So technically if like, Every like nine out of ten critics gave a movie three out of five stars. It would get like a ninety percent. That doesn't mean it's a ninety percent film. That just means ninety percent of the critics like it. And I feel like some people forget that or don't know that about Rotten Tomatoes. And I I think it's important to know. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird thing. It's like man, I wish I wish this movie had more uh, critical appeal. I'm like really? Why does that matter to you? <laughs> I don't. Right? Know. Yeah, I don't get that either. Um, we have another email we want to get to real quick uh, from Mark. Uh, Mark said, hey, Cinemaholics, I really love your show and the Anyway podcast, too. I've Mm. been listening to Cinemaholics since the Coco episode, and I want to thank you guys for putting on great episodes every single week, and now we get two, so I'm very thankful. Um, We're very thankful for you, Mark. I listen to Cinemaholics, and anyway, that's all I got on my way to class, and I can't wait to hear your summer summer preview episode. (laughs) Welcome. I just got (laughs) Movie Pass and want to follow along with what you're watching every week. I'd love to hear more bonus episodes, like maybe a Pixar one for Incredibles 2. I also really love horror movies like uh, Soundmaster Mav. I'm a Canadian living in America, so I get what you're saying about attitudes around Netflix not really being the normal thing everywhere else like France. So in case you didn't hear our episode last week, Will and I talked about the controversy between Netflix and the Cannes Film Festival and how Netflix is like, you know, kind of butting heads with them because they don't want to put their movies in theaters. Uh, Anyway, Mark said, I love going to the theater, but I'm finding it very hard to convince my friends to consistently go with me or get Movie Pass. They will watch a Netflix movie with me, though, or anything else we can find to stream. So I'm wondering, where do you Cinemaholics stand on the theater experience versus the stay-at-home experience? Uh, Thanks for reading this, and I'll be sharing your show over here in Vermont. Uh, thanks for the email, Mark. Uh, everyone's just being really nice to us this week. I, I'm kind of nervous. Like, there's, it's like kind of suspenseful. Like, what's happening? What's going to happen Suspicious. next? Suspicious. Pulling a prank. Now we're on due us. for some hate mail. Um, okay, very interesting question, um, Maverick. You're you're cinesober. Uh, you're somebody who you definitely love to stay watching movies at home. Um, where where do you stand on that? I mean, like what, like why? I don't know. Where do you stand on like the stay at home experience versus the theater experience? Well, I mean, I, before Cinemaholics, I never went out to theaters uh, for movies. It just it wasn't something that we did like as a family growing up. It wasn't an experience that I did very often. I think honestly, I think before becoming a part of this, I probably saw like six movies in theaters in my life. Like we just never went. It was just not something that we did. That's probably an under exaggeration, but whatever. Um, 
I mean, there's there's such different experiences, I guess, because the it's it's fun to go to a theater and like see something before like by the time you get to netflix a lot of times like people already know it you're probably watching it because someone's like hey go see like watch this dummy so i think the first one because when we first met i think i recommended that you go check out jurassic world because i just thought it was like a good theater kind of movie right yeah and you went to go see that yeah exactly and and and, like as you guys know i watch i mean horror movies are kind of the thing i care about the most and i just i just think horror movies are better in in the theater like most of the time I, i i just don't and there are some that play well to like just you know like you and a friend or you and a couple friends like in a dark room and it's a little bit quieter and it all really depends on what your theater is like i think i've been very lucky in that i haven't had super obnoxious theaters when i've gone to see horror movies so like i don't have the negative taste to that but i think a lot of people probably do get really bad uh you know co-pilots when they go to horror movies so (laughs) I, i think i have kind of a uh I don't know, an untainted view of the theater in that regard, but I really like seeing horror movies in the theater versus, because you get a lot of the sounds that you can't get from like a home system most of the mm-hmm. time. You get a lot of the suspense, you know, they, they do really well with the lighting. It's just, I find that I pay more <laughs> attention in the theater than I do when I'm at home. Yeah, you're kind of captive. That's, that's the big thing for me because I'm, I don't know, if I have attention span issues or if I'm just dumb, but it's hard for me to pay attention when I'm like at home. I use my phone a lot more and stuff like that, so... I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's necessarily... I don't know what you were asking. I hope any... Was that right? <laughs> like, was that the correct I, response yeah, to what you were asking I, me? It, it's, well, the question um, from Mark was, he just wanted to know where we stand on the stay-at-home experience. And like, because a refresher on last week, we were talking about, like, is a movie better if it's in the theater? And I don't think Will and I took a stance on that. We were just yeah. kind of saying that, I don't like, think we like going to the theater, but a movie can just be a good movie no matter where you yeah. see it. And there are movies that I've seen in the theaters, and I can't think of an example now, but... There are definitely movies that have seen a theater and come home and be like, wow, I liked it a lot more right now. Like, just, it's kind of a, it's a better movie to hang out with your friends and goof off and maybe not be the super... Happy Death Day. You know? Yeah, Happy Death Day would be probably a great example. It was only, that movie was only fun because we saw it together and laughed the whole time and we got to, like, make fun of Will for liking it. Yeah. 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 Oh, hey, Will. You guys are so wrong on that movie, by the way. (laughs) movie sucks. Sam, where do you stand on Happy Death Day? I have not seen it yet. Uh, I apologize. The tiebreaker speaks. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess if I was summarizing it up, it would just be, it depends on how you like to experience movies. I, yeah. I think that's the answer and what, which one's better for you. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add? That really covers, covers it for me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like we were saying last week, I mean, there is a convenience to some movies being available on streaming and stuff, but I always prefer the theatrical experience as far as seeing a movie for the first time. I just think it's a better uh, way to see the film and I just think it's usually the way I like to see a film so um, I mean but I understand that you know like not everyone can go to the movies every week I mean it's you know in addition to like time problems it's like a yeah. you know like I mean some people just don't have the disposable income to go to the movies every weekend and stuff like that it's just there's a lot of different factors and I can sympathize with that but well, I thought it was interesting me, that think- Mark said that he got a movie pass um, so, right. I mean, who knows how long we pass is going to last. Right. Um, That's the other thing too. We just heard that I they're imagine. losing like $20 million a month. Yeah. I got, I saw that story just when I got my movie pass. So <laughs> maybe a little concerned, but I'll try to see as much as I can to get my money's worth out of it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they, I think they said that they don't expect to make a profit until like 2019 or 2021 or something like that. So. I think they're going for the long game, but I don't know if their investors are going to support them in that, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, what about you, Sam? Um, you're definitely someone who watches a lot of films at home, but uh, also in the theater. 
Yeah, I uh, I really like doing both for different reasons, as you all have sort of mentioned. Um, <clears throat> I do like going to the theater. The funny thing is that actually most of the time when I go to the theater, I go by myself, and I still like it. So I think that says something for just how like how personal of an experience uh, it is, yeah. you know, and how much fun it can be. Even though it at times it can be an inconvenience or viewed as like expensive or something. Um, Anytime I get a chance to see like a classic movie in a theater, I always try to seize that opportunity. Like I know next month they're doing the big re-release of 2001: oh, A Space Odyssey. Can't wait! Did you see the new trailer? And I've never been more excited for anything in my life. The trailer was oh. epic. I don't know how they how they managed to make that trailer even more awesome. They basically, so those who don't know, they made Warner Brothers released. I think it was yesterday or a few days ago, uh, mm. an updated modern trailer for 2001. And it's it's edited and it's it's it just feels like it was made today, but like it speaks so much to how that film was so ahead of its time. It's great. Is that what that was? I kept seeing people being like the 2001 trailer. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know what year it is, right, dummy? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know there was a new trailer for that purpose. Maybe one day in like 50 years, Happy Death Day, we'll get a modern trailer and <laughs> relive yeah. a classic. <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, Will I'm Ashton my words. of Will Ashton of Cinema Blends calls it pretty good. <laughs> Have we ever actually officially announced I work for Cinema Blend? I don't know, but you do, yeah. So congratulations! I, was say, I think it's Will. the first time we've actually said we, we never officially announced it on the podcast. But congratulations, uh, yeah, Will Ashton, Cinema. writer for Cinema Blend, officially. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you know. Yeah. They follow you on Twitter. So did you have anything sure. else, Sam? Sorry, I kind of cut you off. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, no, not really. I think you guys pretty much covered it. Um, would you I hope say that's theaters... all you got? Well, yes, I would say <laughs> that's all I got. Um, I do hope theaters stay around for a while because, uh, you know, a lot of people are nervous that maybe someday it's, it's theaters and physical media that people are worried about. And I love both. And so I hope they are here to stay for a while longer. Yeah. I yeah. Think... I'm... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and I was just gonna say, I, I I don't know if I'm worried so much about theaters dying. I just don't know if what I think it just might be a thing where it's like only blockbusters go to like theaters or like only a certain type of film is deemed theater worthy, and that's what scares me. Yeah, is that like they say like oh like uh, you know the Avengers that's a theater movie, but then like if you want to see Thoroughbreds that's a streaming movie, <laughs> and I mean that's that's what kind of worries me right now is. I don't know. I mean, maybe theaters will die. I don't know. I mean, that's something I worry about too. But right now, I'm more concerned about theaters only being exclusive to certain things. And like, maybe if you're lucky, you have an art house theater that might play something. But that's what I think is more likely to happen in the next like five years. It's mm. definitely fertile ground for a long discussion. But we should, of course, get into our summer movie preview. I, I have so many thoughts, but um, let's talk about some of these theater movies that we want to see and. Uh, so start it, kicking off our summer movie preview for 2018, the first thing I want to point out, guys, is that it is so different from last year. So like, <laughs> we were kind of in the chat talking, and I remember last year, I feel like most of our picks were blockbusters. We picked movies like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, Valyrian, City of a Thousand Planets. Like These are the movies we were really excited about. We were really excited about like spectacle movies. And spoiler alert for our list this year, very few of these are blockbusters. I think each of us only had like one 
blockbuster on our lists yeah and it, it, it was just a very di- it's a very different kind of list there's a lot more like indie there's more indie stuff this time around so here's how it's gonna work uh we're going to start with sam nolan of course and we each we each picked three films um i put little jokey fourth ones in everyone's category on our shared <laughs> google sheet here um you i'm guys... gonna come up with a fourth one for you while we're recording <laughs> yeah mine is noticeably yeah, blank and uh... well well let's just roast him i mean let's just yeah. ruin his life i'm just gonna say the roast throw him off uh... the whole time <laughs> yeah um but yeah we each have three picks and then once we get through uh, we will kind of note some of the bigger movies that were never mentioned at all. I know there's a few that we're not even going to mention. And uh, our honorable mentions, uh, the ones that we're looking forward to, we're definitely excited about uh, to some extent. But, but of course, we should say the big anticipated movies, Avengers Infinity Award. None of us put this on our list because, um, I mean, well, first of all, it's not coming out in the summer. It's going to be playing all summer. It's a summer movie still, I think. I still count it as a summer movie. But uh, it's not something we're like, yeah, we're not... Oh man, I can't wait to see Avengers in four days. Um, so. <laughs> Two days for me. Yeah, is it really four days? Keep for it now? to yourself. Um, well. Oh wow, yeah. Basically, that's cool. All right, <laughs> yeah, movies. Sam <laughs> Nolan, take it away. What is your What is your first pick? And and we should say like they're not. In, we haven't done these in order. Like yeah. we, we don't have like this is the most out of all of them. Just you know, these are just the three. Go ahead. Yeah, not really in order, but a movie I am really interested in is uh, First Reformed, Paul Schrader's new uh, religious uh, uh, drama. And so if you don't know who Paul Schrader is, um, he is a writer-director, and he's collaborated with Martin Scorsese a couple times, notably on Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and The Last Temptation of Christ, the first two of which are both in my top five favorite movies of all time. So you can probably see why... uh, why this sort of piqued my interest and it's a 24 so well yeah so it's hard to it's hard to go too wrong with this um and unfortunately paul schrader hasn't had that great of a directing career nothing he's ever directed has really remained in the public consciousness in any sort of substantial way um but this i I watched the trailer this actually does look really cool i hadn't heard about it admittedly until the other day when i was trying to come up with something to put on the list um but it stars uh, Ethan Hawke and Amanda Seyfried and Cedric Kyles, and it's, uh, you know, it sounds sort of like a, you know, like a like a thriller uh, drama sort of premise. Um, basically, what it is is that uh, Toller Ethan Hawke is like a former military uh, reverend, I think. And uh, let's see what happened here. Sorry, I'm reading the list off of Wikipedia, so forgive my monotone delivery. Uh, struggling with the death of his son, who he encouraged to enlist in the armed forces, he meets Mary, seeking counseling for her radical environmentalist husband, with f- which further challenges his beliefs. It sounds very dramatic. Um, <laughs> if you watch the trailer, it definitely is that dramatic, yeah. Yes, yes. I'm using the word dramatic a lot, because that's really just what it seems like, is that it's just going to be mostly dialogue, mostly uh, mostly uh, dramatic uh, techniques. And so I, I think it could be cool, you know, probably won't make a lot of money, probably won't get too much attention, but who knows? It might be awesome. It will be talked about among film snobs uh, like us, for sure, yes. uh, among the cinematics. Yeah. And uh, so that one, going. that comes out when? Like May sometime? May 18th. Yes. Uh, related to Paul Schrader's past directing work, especially of late, I guess it's worth noting that like 
films he did, like The Cannons and Dying of the Light, were like they just had so many production problems and like issues behind the scenes where he really didn't get what he wanted out of those films. And from what I've heard, uh, First Reform just seemed to be pretty smooth sailing ship. Awesome. So maybe that's a sign of how he was able to finally get a good film is that he actually got to make the movie he wanted to make as opposed to having to uh, subside to a bunch of producing and production problems. So, yeah, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's why this one actually worked out for him. It but premiered at the uh, it premiered at the Venice Film Festival last year, and yes. the reviews have been nothing but positive almost. And uh, it it also played at the SF Film Fest. I wasn't able to catch it though, sadly. But yeah, I heard great things from people who managed to see it, and uh, I'm excited about it too. Yeah, awesome. That's reassuring. Yeah, it's in my honorable mentions. Wicked. Um, okay, I'll go next. Uh, oh, I'm really excited. So, Puzzle. Puzzle <laughs> comes out July 13th. And we talked about this movie briefly on our Sundance episode with Alex Billington. And the first trailer came out. Um, I don't. I think, Will, you caught it at least. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. But I'm not quite sure why this is like your number one pick of the summer. So I'm curious just, to hear what you have to I love the premise. Um, I love Kelly McDonald. Uh, this really looks up my alley. I love stories. So for those of you who haven't seen the trailer yet, it's about a uh, she about a woman um, played by Kelly McDonald. She's the wife of uh, David Denman. Uh, you guys might remember uh, he was Roy from The Office, and she's she's kind of like kind of a repressed housewife. You know, she doesn't have like the worst life. She's she, you know she just kind of lives kind of a boring existence and she just realizes that there must be more and so she kind of gets into this puzzle competition that uh from the trailer she starts to find a lot of fulfillment in and i really love stories like that i love stories about people breaking out of monotony and uh people who kind of you know there's a little bit of a romance involved in this uh there's just something about the kelly mcdonald performance from what i can see that i think i'm gonna really jive with so yeah i i I'm just really, I, I was pretty excited about it. And then watching the trailer, I was more sold than ever. It was tough because it was between this one and another film um, starring Charlize Theron that we'll probably talk about later uh, mm-hmm. that I'm definitely looking forward to. But yeah, it's it's going to be a small movie. It's it's going to be blink and you miss it. Might hit a few screens, but uh, I'm definitely going to be checking this one out as soon as I can uh, in this coming uh, July, July 13th. And uh, oh, and I should say it's a Sony Pictures Classics film so all right so that's me and uh maverick heinz uh what is your number your number one you're out of order okay i was gonna say we're not doing like yeah 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 okay i said it i didn't mean it yeah uh the first one i'll be talking about Mm -hmm. uh i'm just gonna get the big blockbuster out of the way early um and that's deadpool 2 bold move yeah (laughs) uh the bold strategy cotton that's that's me (laughs) Uh, Deadpool 2. Uh, I'm super excited for this movie because this kind of humor is just, it's me. That's who I am. Um, I don't even care about the story. Did just, you watch the first Deadpool with us? Yeah. I, lo- I don't know if I saw it with you guys, but I, I remember, remember seeing it. Um, I don't think... I probably did. wasn't in the theater, so it wasn't with me. I saw it in the theater. It's probably with your Was it with Puerto you? Rican fan. Um, this doesn't matter at all, no. this conversation. But now I want to know. I think I think we did watch it together because we watched it with Michael. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. Whatever. Uh, yeah. This movie. <laughs> uh, it comes out. Let's see. When is it? I think also May eighteenth. Um, 
we get to see watch out first reforms coming out that same day oh no it's gonna be pretty intense <laughs> it's gonna be a tight race <laughs> that box office race yeah oh goodness <laughs> box office mojo put your bets in now world baffled deadpool 2 hits number two yeah <laughs> that'd be awesome sam noland considered genius <laughs> um anyway i don't know if there's a ton to say about this one because i think we all kind of know What's going on here? It's Deadpool. Lots of people love the first one. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I, I had a lot of fun with it. It's not like, I don't think it's going to be, you know, I don't, I'm not going to walk away changed, but I'm really excited to see just a really funny movie. Have the trailers, like, have, you, have they gotten you into it? Or would you say you're just kind of plateauing at uh, this point? I'd say I liked the, uh, like, because we're closer now, so we're getting kind of extended trailers and stuff now. Don't like them as much. The first one we saw was really funny, where they, like, where Deadpool does the fourth wall thing again. He's like, you can't even CGI in the arm correctly. Like I thought yeah. that was a really good trailer. Um, m- more importantly, I've been really, really impressed. And I thought that like the movie posters we're seeing for it are hilarious. Like they're pretty good making fun of other movies and stuff like that. They're all over theaters. And I've like, I've really liked that marketing campaign in that regard, but, but yeah, yeah, I wish I had more to say about it, but I feel like this movie is kind of a simple one to, I'm just excited to see it. <laughs> Same here. I'm yeah. excited about the whole X Force thing. You know that was funny. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Speaking of the X Force, um, so apparently Rob Delaney is in this movie. I just mm. found that out uh, in this past trailer, and I'm not gonna give away what his part is, but he's a very funny guy on Twitter. He also has a great show. Uh, I'm playing what it's called right now, but um, yeah, I'm very curious to see how he's gonna fit into the Deadpool universe. Uh, that's my biggest excitement point for that movie for some reason right now is seeing how he's gonna be in it. Yeah, same here. I'm in. I'm into a movie that kind of delves into the, more of the weird stuff behind the X Men lore, which is I, th- I think Deadpool. It's the character is kind of scratching that itch, incidentally enough. So hopefully the humor is good. Hopefully the action's great. I it's an R-rated superhero movie. I think it's going to be very successful, and yeah, definitely going to we're definitely going to be talking about that film quite a lot um, over the next few weeks. So. All right, Will Ashton. Also, I was just going to say, also, Will, that character that you're talking about, that Rob Delaney plays, he's got his yeah. twi- that character already. Yeah, he has a Twitter t- account now. Yeah. It's pretty funny, too. It's really, really funny. Yeah, I mean, I was actually talking, like, the, the actor, his Twitter account is, like, amazing, if you ever are looking for a good Twitter account. But, yeah, the one you're talking about, I think his, his character's name is Peter. Yeah, Pete Dunn. Uh, yeah, his, his Twitter account is really funny as well. They're definitely banking on his Twitter savviness. Uh, the show I was talking about was Catastrophe, by the way. That's um, right. But yeah, a Hulu going, show, isn't it? What's that? It's a Hulu show. Um, I think it's like on the BBC. It's I think the last thing that Carrie Fisher did. Um, okay, before, yeah, that's the one where um, they have like a kid and it's a catastrophe. Yeah, yeah. I mean to catch up on it. What I've seen is very good. I would highly recommend it. Um, but going into my pick for the summer movie season, uh, I'm gonna actually start with a documentary, which is not, I guess, what you usually associate the summer movie season with. But and they said I was bold. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to go with uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, which, if you don't know, is the Fred Rogers documentary that's coming up. Uh, John actually saw this at the San Francisco Film Festival, so he actually has an opinion on the film itself. But uh, I grew up with Mr. Rogers. He grew up in my neighborhood. Uh, he's from Pittsburgh. I'm from <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, he was always a staple of my childhood. And uh, he's just somebody who is very easy to idolize just because, by all accounts, he was you know the nicest gentlest you know most caring person you could imagine and i'm just looking for some good affirming film going time and i just like to know that mr rogers was the good guy that he seemed like he was and i'm just looking to 
I'm looking to feel good, and I think this documentary is going to make me feel pretty good. So that's why I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. When, when does it come out? June, July? I think it's July. I can look up the exact date, but I'm pretty sure it's July. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it doesn't have to compete directly with Puzzle because that's going to be intense. Yeah, that'll be box a, office races. This <laughs> a tight <laughs> box office race. It's neck and neck. They're fighting for number eight. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're both going for that July Fourth weekend date. Because you know that's like when all the people are going to the movies, right? Weirdly uh, it's actually enough, June eighth, like, apparently. June eighth, okay. Yeah. Weirdly enough, July fourth, uh, the first purge, which is not—it's not on any of our lists. It's not even in any of our honorable mentions. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, as I always, can. a purge movie is going to be on July fourth. So yeah, which I don't know. those movies don't how even do you make feel that about, much money. How do you feel about the purge series, actually, John? I'm I'm not sure. Have we talked about it much? I don't know. No, we have not. Well, actually, actually, it's. Not true. I think we talked about like the first time we ever talked to each other. Yeah. Because I'd just seen the last movie. Uh, was that election but, year? Yeah, that one. I, so. I want to rewatch them with Maverick because he hasn't seen any of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, I actually think they get better as they go. I think the hmm. first one is pretty boring. The second one is a little interesting. And I thought the third one was so bad, it was kind of good. So I Like know. Happy Death Day. Oh, wow. Uh, I will agree that's with a good, the that's a good third analogy. movie being... I'm not even going to acknowledge what you're saying right now. Um, I'll agree. Like, I think the third one kind of owns up to like the silliness more, which I enjoyed. I didn't think the second one was very good, even though I did like they actually showed the outside world a little bit. Uh, to me, the best film is probably the first one. But I don't know. I, I, this premise is like kind of clever and really dumb at the same time. It's like one of those things that's like if you think about it for too long, it just like gets really, really silly. The idea of like all crime being legal. Uh, especially when you try to figure out the legalities of it, but um, well, I, yeah, I, think, I, I don't I think, know. I, 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 I want to like these movies, well. but I haven't really been impressed by any of them so far. Um, well, I don't think any of us have because it's not on any of our lists. So, uh. <laughs> but people are seeing them if they keep making them. Yeah, well, so. not a lot. They don't make that much money. I mean, they just don't cost much to make, so they're probably. But I mean, if they are releasing it on July Fourth weekend, that means they have some hopes for it. So no, that I just they're gonna make like a lot of money because it costs them like ten dollars, right? And, yeah, but know, I mean, yeah, they're not like blockbusters, work. like in right. the traditional. I don't know how you would, how you would characterize them, but okay, Sam, Sam Nolan, yes. What's your next one? Well, speaking of kind of clever yet really dumb at the same time, uh, a movie that I keep seeing trailers for in theaters, and every time I see it, I'm just like, how? And I just want to see what this movie is and that is of course tag oh i cannot wait to see oh this. yeah this is an honorable <laughs> mention of mine yeah basically what it is is um <clears throat> it's based on a true story and they are not kidding they literally say that on the poster uh they say we're not kidding because it sound it's absurd what happens is that a bunch of like former uh classmates i believe it is um Every, every year during the month of May, they play a countrywide game of tag. And there's this one, one of these uh, friends is, has been on a winning streak for years. And I assume this whole movie is dedicated around uh, cutting off that winning streak. And they are like interrupting each other's weddings and like ruining public events and all just for this silly, silly game. And it looks so ridiculous and so strange. And I'm like, I have to see that just to see what it is. It's got 
the cast is made up of like a whole bunch of like you know SNL sort of modern comedy scene alumni like uh, Ed Helms and Rashida Jones and uh, Leslie Bibb, Hannibal Burris, those all all your favorites. But also and like John Hamm and John Jeremy Hamm. Renner, yeah, and a yeah. weird comedy turn. I'm yeah. wondering to see how I'm I almost called it. him Hawkeye. How Jeremy Renner handles it. Um, so it's. I, I have no idea what to expect from this. Like, if I had to, if I had to wager a guess, I'd say it's going to get probably mixed reviews. Like, I can't see this being like one of the darling sort of dark horses of the year. That at the end of the year, people are like, nobody, not enough people saw Tag or something like that. Um, but who knows? Anything could happen. It is uh, directed by Jeff Tomsick, who has never directed a feature film before. I believe he's directed a lot of TV episodes and uh, TV specials, but I believe this is his feature film debut, so uh, that's going to be interesting. We might have a new uh, director to uh, talk about. And it is coming out right in the middle of June, on June 15th, so, you know, just a summer matinee, weird, weird premise. And it's based on, like, this story that was published in uh, the Wall Street Journal, I believe, about how this actually happened. And there was this group of friends who did this for years, and I, I have, like... I just have to see this thing and see, and also read the story and just see how accurate it is. Um, I'm, I usually don't get excited for comedy, but this, I'm like, how? And I want to know why. <laughs> Watch the trailers. Uh, it's it's hilarious. It is. Yeah, I've seen the trailers. From what I've heard, the like actual story behind this is probably even crazier than whatever they're going to do in the movie. <laughs> uh but you make a good point, John. Or, sorry, Sam. Uh, there isn't really like a big summer comedy this year. Like nothing I can really uh, parse so far. I mean, it seems like a lot of the big comedies are coming out like around now, like in the springtime. Unless yeah. you count Deadpool. And I feel, well, yeah, that's true. We do. Ant Man is kind of being framed. Yeah, as but a... Ant Man's more of like a, I don't, I don't see it as like a comedy per se. I right. Mean, it's lighthearted, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like there is like a girls' night kind of spot this summer that needs to be filled, and it might be Tag. I mean, it yeah. comes out. Uh, when does it come out? June fifteenth. Yeah, so it's like right in the heat of summer. So I don't think that it's got be... a rating yet, though. So I don't know. Is it going to be R rated? Is it going to be PG thirteen? Because that that could have a lot to do with whether or not it's successful. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see it either way. I mean, I'm I'm guessing they're probably going to go for the PG thirteen because they haven't had a red band trailer yet, right? I don't no, think not so. That I know of. Yeah, I think it's going to be a PG thirteen comedy, but it could be an R rated. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, that's tag. That's coming out uh, and just. Uh, a month and some change. All right. All right. My next movie is Oceans 8. I am weirdly excited about Oceans 8. I, I just recently relived the Oceans trilogy. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of as the original Oceans 11. I don't know if that offends you, Sam. Um, but <laughs> I, I love the George Clooney ones. I think that they're... I, I think all three of them are definitely worth watching. I think the first one is quintessential. I think the second one is a bit out there <laughs> putting it lightly it's very <laughs> indulgent it's very long and it's very confusing uh but i get a real kick out of it i think if you watch all three of these movies can like in a sequence uh it's it's a great trilogy to marathon and i love the spirit of these movies they're heist comedies they kind of uh repopularized the mainstream heist movie you know with more of a lighthearted tone and with just really fun, clever twists. And Oceans 8 is a new film in the Oceans kind of universe. Uh, it's kind of its own thing. It's like a spinoff. It's not really like taking place in the same, you know, as far as I know, the same universe as Oceans 11. 
but uh, it was it's been directed by Gary Ross and uh, it was written uh, co-written by Olivia Milch. So it's an all-female spin-off of the Ocean's Trilogy, uh, which was originally directed by Steven Soderbergh, and it stars Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Sarah Paulson, uh, Rihanna. Alan Bonham Carter, a bunch of other fine folks. And it's what it's, I mean, based on the trailers, it's what it sounds like. It's Ocean's Eleven, but only with females. Because as you remember, the Ocean's Trilogy, all males. Um, except for, like, I think at one point, Julia Roberts is sort of included. I'm very excited about this. The trailers have completely won me over because it just kind of, ha- it, to me, it feels like they've scaled down what made the the... The, George, the first George Clooney, Ocean's Eleven, so fun and engaging, you know? So uh, kind of breezy and accessible. It's a small-scale story uh, that kind of has the Ocean's attitude, and I, I just think we're due for a good Ocean's movie, I guess. I, I don't expect it to be transcendent. Um, I, I think it'll be funny if they kind of lean in on the John Mulaney joke, yeah, I, I was just about that, to bring that up. I, I wonder say. if that inspires it, you know? like <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, John Mulaney in like 2009 or 2010 did this infamous bit about how he just doesn't believe that you couldn't, you couldn't do Ocean's Eleven with all females because two of them would break off from the other nine to talk. Talk about seven. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's funny. And I, I hope this movie is yeah. a clever answer to that assumption. On oh, John I Mulaney's just part. love how you'll wear anything. <laughs> uh that's oceans eight uh i i don't i don't know a lot of people who are that into this one as well but i i'm expecting it to uh you know i'm not expecting another ghostbusters where it's kind of this paul feig you know ramble comedy that just tries to live on its premise without any substance that's how i feel about ghostbusters honestly Mm. uh I, i think that it could be uh i could i think it'd be good yeah, I mean, it is Gary Ross, as you probably mentioned, and um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's made a lot of good films, but I don't know if he's made a great one. I haven't seen Pleasantville, but uh, I, I mean, like, Seabiscuit's, like, a fine film. The first Hunger Games is pretty good. I, I'm just not sure if he'll, like, really bring it to make, like, a really solid film, but he is very inspired. Like, he, this is a movie he's wanted to make. Like, yeah. he went out of his way to get, like, Steven Soderbergh's permission, this big cast and all that, and... You know, I'm hoping for the best. I mean, it has been a while since we had like a really fun heist movie, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah Logan I mean, Lucky. What's it? Logan Lucky was like a year ago. We had, we had, yeah, it like, so true. long. But that didn't really make like a big splash uh, at the box office. It just kind of came and went. But it did with us. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. All right, Maverick Hines, what is your, your next pick? Uh, my next one is specifically on my list because of your excitement from watching it when. You came back from the film festival. I wish you could have gone with me. Um, yeah, I should have. Uh, which is Searching. Is that, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, Searching. It was originally called Search. That's and then was. they changed. It's a Bay Area film. It was made around here. And they oh. changed the name after Sundance. Yeah, I, I am really, really excited for, for this one. You seemed to really love it when you saw it. Um, and normally when you get that excited by a movie, I'm like, okay, maybe, it's, maybe I'll consider it now. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I can tear him down a peg. <laughs> yeah i hope i hate there's it. there's no bad option if you hate it you get to tear me a new one yeah it's like a win-win it. for me um you actually saw it so you might you might be able to explain kind of what it's about a little bit better than me because i haven't even been able to see is there a trailer for it i haven't been able to find yeah one. i think uh. so if maybe i don't know we've talked about it uh and this is another film that alex billington saw before us and oh, okay. kind of clued us in on but yeah it's it, it's a movie that 
takes place entirely behind a computer screen. Um, it's, but also like other found footage devices, I should say. Um, it was directed by Anish Junati, who's a Bay Area filmmaker around here. He's so... He, I, he has a bright future ahead of him because it's, it's a missing persons movie where this dad played by John Cho, um, his daughter goes missing and he tries to find her and he uses like, he basically uses his computer. He does like Google searches. He tries to like get into her Instagram and her Facebook. Like along the way, he starts to learn things about her that like kind of shock him. Um, so it's, but you know, it, that kind of sounds like to me, it was horrifying. Uh, there were, there were moments in this movie where I felt waves of panic um, because of like how it, it, it's a very emotional, heartfelt film with, it just has like a, there's something underlying it that will make you feel, you know, you, they'll make you feel for this, this John Cho character. It'll make, and there's, there's a really, really good twist in this movie that I, I genuinely, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it, it got me. It definitely got me. It's it's a movie that got me in every way, and I recommend it to all you guys. Yeah, exactly. And, and August third, that kind of yeah. For some reason, IMDb only has a September release date listed. Um, it could be a wider release on September, but yeah, gotcha. it should be hitting limited screens at least on August third. The director said it was hitting wide release on August third, but he might have just misspoken. Okay, cool. So yeah, I don't. I, I'll just go with that as the release date. But very excited for it. Um, I I'm always excited for the possibility of a redemption of found footage style movies because I generally don't have a positive outlook on them as a genre. Yeah. I like it when they, they have a point behind the technology and that's stuff in this movie. Cool. Cool. All right. Searching comes out maybe August sometime. Um, all right. And Will Ashen, what's your next pick? So this is another one that you've actually seen, uh, but it's one that I've been looking forward to ever since I first heard about it uh, a couple months ago. And that's Sorry to Bother You, which is the new, uh, I guess, surreal dark comedy. Is that the best way to describe it? Is sure. there a way to describe it? I'd say absurdist over surreal. Yeah, absurdist surreal, comedy. Yeah. yeah, it's the uh, filmmaking debut of musician Boots Riley. And it has a stacked cast. We got Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, Army Hammer, uh Patton Oswald, uh, Terry Crews, David Cross, Danny Glover, who I haven't seen in a while. It's always well, actually, I think the last thing I saw him in was Monster Trucks oh my God. last year. So it's good to see him <laughs> in something. It's probably going to be a little better. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like most trailers I've seen lately have not impressed me, or they just haven't really wowed me. Uh, the trailer for Sorry to Bother You is like the first movie that's gotten me really excited in a while, based on the trailer alone. Uh, and I just feel like this is going to be my kind of comedy. It just seems like it's so outlandish and original and, uh, you know, just boundary pushing that it just seems like it's going to be my kind of deal. So I don't know. I mean, John wasn't wild about it as we talked about last week. And I mean, I could see this being pretty divisive. I could see myself being disappointed by it as well, but I don't know. I feel like this is going to be one I'm really going to like, and we'll see. Yeah, this, I did not care for this movie. It's... (laughs) But I, I did appreciate it, and I do think, Will, you're at least going to appreciate it. If Maybe you'll love it. I, it just... <laughs> there, there are just some movies that I think clearly needed more work, and this was one where I just... It falls apart after, like, at the halfway point. Um, but I still recommend it to people because it is very original. It is very outlandish. There are things I really like. It's going to inspire a very cool-looking Halloween costume, I'll tell you that much. Um <laughs> With the unicorns? 
Um, nope. <laughs> I won't give it away. Uh, well, you know, it's it's kind of what the poster, a lot of the posters kind of show it, and uh, you'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> that I mean, makes sense, yeah. This movie, this it just, it uses so many, it uses so many cliches that I hate. I won't say what they are, but like, I don't know. It's, it's I mean, a, I can kind of see that from the trailer. I mean, there are a couple like story beats that seem kind of familiar, but the trailer doesn't reveal what I'm talking about. And it's just like there's there's just a part in the film where you're like, what? Why this is this doesn't make any sense? Like, and and usually I'm okay with that, but yeah, I, whatever. I talked about it. Last yeah, week. we'll have to have a more in depth conversation. Sorry when, to bother your uh, yeah preview. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, when I see the film, we can have a more in depth conversation, whether right. I agree or disagree, but. Yeah, this is the only movie that I've seen based solely on the trailer that makes me really want to see a movie this summer. So that's what I was I'm going with you. With. I was really excited about it. I, I I think the trailer is fantastic. I just don't think it is accurate. Um, Sam, take yes. it away with your last pick. So directly counter to uh, Mr. Maverick, if I might call you Mr. Maverick, I you am may going not. to no, I'm just okay. <laughs> call him Mr. Mom. <laughs> yeah. um, it's Dad I, to you, sir. Dad? Oh my goodness! This is so revelatory um anyways (laughs) uh yes i'm going to end with the blockbuster uh the one i'm going to end with is mission impossible fallout um (laughs) you even said that like a blockbuster yeah i did yes like that uh trailer voice person coming to a theater near you how do you know that uh anyway um you all right man i live in alaska i don't know (laughs) Uh, yes, so it's the sixth movie in the Mission Impossible franchise. And interesting side note, um, 24 hours ago, I had not seen a single Mission Impossible movie. I've now seen the first four of them. Uh, I saw that I you, was, you logged Ghost Protocol. I did, yeah. You gave it a favorable yes. rating. I did, yeah. I really I really dug the third and fourth one. The first, the first one I thought was just kind of okay, just kind of standard um serviceable spy sort of espionage movie the second one i think while it was an inspired vision it just kind of missed the mark so bad yeah Um, (laughs) you you nailed it pretty much i mean that's the general consensus i think for the mission possible movies yeah uh but the third and fourth i feel like they've really settled into something nice and i'm i'm really excited to see the fifth one i couldn't quite find time to watch that yesterday if you like uh, the third and fourth you should enjoy it it the best thing about it is rebecca ferguson who thank goodness is in this new one Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the third one's my favorite, just mainly because it has, for one, the best villain of all of them by far. Yeah. And I just feel like that's the one that's like the most emotionally gripping story. I don't think it has the best set pieces. That's probably the fifth one. But um, I I feel like as a film, the third one is the strongest. But the fourth one has the best trailer. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man. I was not not a a cinemaholic when when that came out. So I, I don't think I've ever seen the trailer for any of them except this one, honestly. They're um, all fun trailers. I'll give them that. Yeah, I'm sure they are. It's it's easy to make a fun trailer out of these movies because basically these exist. I I started to realize as the franchise went on that they really the thing they have on their mind the most priority number one for Mission Impossible movies is cool action set pieces. Um, story is second banana, even though it can be good, like in part three and four. Uh, that's their main priority is put them in a situation where cool stuff can happen. Uh, and as a result, the plots are all kind of, kind of strange, you know, they're like, they're a lot of the times they're sort of boiled down to the simplest things. 
like, oh, there's a room on the on the 100 and something floor that you have to get to. Why? Because there's a, a computer there. Go get it. Uh, which is just a setup for Tom Cruise to go outside of a, the tallest building in the world and climb up it, which is riveting, by the way. Um, and so that's that's what's been happening with these past couple, even though I haven't seen it. I know that in the fifth one, the gag with the last couple of these is that one of the stunts is actually performed by Tom Cruise. Uh, in part four, it was the tower. In part five, it was hanging onto the side of a plane. Mm-hmm. By the looks of the trailer, this one, the big stunt in this one, is going to be something to do with a helicopter. Um, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up that Henry Cavill's mustache had better be, play a pretty big role in the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because... I think by existing, it plays a presence in the story. I mean, possibly. It's one of the most controversial mustaches of yeah, all time. It, it is a beautiful mustache. <laughs> I'll give it that. Will is a bit of an expert around yeah, here. Yeah, Will's the mustache guy. When it comes to cinematic. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Will yeah, was in Mindhunter cause... for one episode, and all of a sudden, he's in the 70s, 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> I still need he, to never, watch he never left that character. I, mean, I still oh. gotta watch that show. Uh, They're filming season two around here pretty soon. Yeah, I heard you're going to be in it. Yeah, you're the star. <laughs> Maybe of this season, I don't know right? if Fincher's here. He's in Pittsburgh apparently right now. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I I love the Mission Impossible movies. They're just fun blockbuster spy movies that don't have much going on beneath the surface yeah. besides Tom Cruise's like lack of fear of death. It's a <laughs> it's a series I need to watch. I, I haven't seen a single single Mission Impossible, and I forgot to say it's during Oceans as well, but I've never seen an Oceans movie, so... Oceans is a priority. I've got I've got some series to uh, catch up on. Yeah. Ooh. Well, we may just be reviewing both of those series uh, in the coming months on our other show. Not to plug that, but... Yeah, I'd uh, say yeah. that's all you got, really. <laughs> Anything Stop could it. happen, I suppose. Well, this is mm. a pun-heavy episode. That's correct. <laughs> well, we know. We like to wordplay around here. So that's Mission Impossible. When does that come out? Oh, I don't know. I th- I'm assuming July. July. Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I should have it up, really. Um, okay, but yeah, it. you know, just I assume I'm going to like the fifth one, judging by what you guys said and sort of the general consensus. Uh, the sixth one will probably be, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but more of the same in the mm-hmm. sense that it's just going to be another awesome, in the in the truest definition of the word, an awesome spy espionage action story well we so should say I'm lo- that i'm looking forward to it they've all been directed by different directors this is the first one that's going to be directed by the same one as the one before yeah. so christopher Which McCorry, bugs me a bit. it does and i i think to the point where they all kind of have their own style to them they all have their own like fun little quirks like i think yeah. mission impossible 3 what i like about that one is it's so different from mission impossible 4 and Rogue Nation was really cool because Christopher McQuarrie brought like uh, a new heart to the supporting cast that the other directors I don't think did as well. So I just yeah I think this next one if it feels like a part two of Rogue Nation I don't know I don't know if I'll be there. I mean we might get that. another like Spectre kind of thing where like yeah. it might it might be a little too heavy and like drag a bit even though there's probably going to be a lot of really cool action. I like Spectre fine, but I think that movie has a lot, a lot of flaws. So Hopefully it won't yeah. be like the James Bond movies in the sense where every other one is good, every other one is bad. <laughs> the no, I mean, I, I will say they, they have been pretty consistent, the uh, Mission Impossible movies, so I'll give yeah, them that. Exactly. Yeah. 
The thing I have yeah. noticed is that these MI movies don't really like to reference each other that much, at least uh, up until the fourth one. I don't know if they do in the fifth one, but they're sort of it's sort of an anthology. So yeah. I, I'm curious as well to see if it's has some sort of continuity involved with it. There, yeah. there is in this new one, though. That's I think that's the point. Fallout mm. feels like a successor to Rogue Nation much more than I think Rogue Nation was to Ghost Protocol. And the thing that mm. is the continuity, it is like James Bond, where it's like the same side characters just kind of coming back. Yeah, you're right. They don't reference like previous events as much. The only thing that gets referenced a lot is his love interest introduced in the third one. Um, yeah. She kind of pops in here and there. But mm. All right, yeah, and, uh, Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, I was going to say, that's July 27th, if you guys haven't said that already. Yeah, um, it's definitely like closer, like past, closer to the end of summer than the beginning. But, and yeah. I forgot to say, I think Sorry to Bother You is July 20, or no, sorry, July 6th. Okay. So, just July's in time packed. for yeah. the end of 4th of July celebrations. <laughs> All right, my last movie is Hot Summer Nights, which we just got the trailer. It premiered. Um, I think it was made a while ago. Um, it was supposed to come out like last year. This is a new A24 film that... Timothy Chalamet looks so much younger in this than he does already. He does, yeah. Like he somehow looks younger. <laughs> this I is, thought that was near impossible. This is the directorial debut of Elijah Bynum, who also wrote the film. And it premiered at South by Southwest to uh, really good reviews. And um, I it comes out June 28th. And... You know, it wasn't really on my radar as much. Uh, I really do find Timothy Chalamet to be a great actor. I think he has some wild summers, but that's fine. Uh, this one, this is yet another one where he comes of age while spending the summer um, in a kind of heightened location in the eighties. Mm, Sound would have thought. And I, what really sold me on this is the trailer. We kind of follow Timothy Chalamet, who you know, as usual, plays kind of like a you know, kind of an awkward kind of introverted kid uh, in his teens he makes quick friends uh with this guy played by alex Rowe, who uh he he sells uh dope as they called it in the 80s and yeah. they start to create like a friendship based on uh, he, he starts to break out of his shell basically um by learning the ins and outs of selling drugs uh he strikes up a romance with uh, a young woman played by micah monroe from it follows uh my goodness i I've been waiting to see her again. And the, you know, I, I can't really get into the trailer just kind of coalesces from there into this like wild, crazy mashup of cinematic ideas. And the, the trailer is what wowed me about this. I don't know too much about how the story plays out. I haven't read a lot of in-depth reviews, but I I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I just I really want to see how this one turns out. I think the the trailer just really got to me in a way that I wasn't expecting, and uh, the cast also includes includes uh, Maya Mitchell, William Feichner, and Thomas Jane. Hmm. My only thing with the trailer is that it does look very uh, Scorsese inspired, perhaps to a fault. Like I'm worried that it's not going to really stand out on its own. But I mean, the reviews have been pretty po- positive, so I'll give it a shot. I feel like people always say that about Scorsese. It's like it was, but this like like it has like the exact same like zoom ins and like like it's it's very similar the style here. I don't know. They kind of reminded me more of Edgar Wright than anything else, but kind of in a good way. Kind of felt like a just like a different sort of stylistic choice. And I have a feeling Elijah Bynum is quite inspired by 
uh, Scorsese and and probably Edgar Wright to a degree. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. If it has an originality behind the camera, uh, in addition to what we see in Timothy Chalamet's performance here, it is a little alarming <laughs> that you know this movie. It's taken so long to come out, but I I do think like A twenty four, they know what they're doing in terms of uh, getting their movies out there. Uh, so they have more hits than they don't. Put it that way. Yes. And I can't, I can't wait till next year when the third movie in the Timothy Chalamet in the '80s franchise comes out. Yeah, uh, uh, someone even it, it referenced. Be... I saw the the comments of the trailer. Someone said, uh, "Oh, they should do something like the Pixar theory, where Timothy Chalamet is like, <laughs> it's like the character. All these movies exist in the same timeline, and somebody oh, actually goodness. wrote out how it would work. I thought it was genius because that would have to include Interstellar too. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, it's it. It could be released as some like abstract trilogy, like box set, you know, like the Chalamades. How about that? <laughs> I love that Chalamades. <laughs> uh, I'll keep track. I'll keep that one in mind. Awesome. All right, Maverick. What is your final choice? My final choice is the one that I am actually most excited for. If I was going to do a ranking of. Oh wow! Yeah. Sorry, we breaking the rules, Jonathan. No, working me. both sides of the street now. <laughs> I'm a bummer of a summer. Uh, this is another A24. <laughs> production i believe uh hereditary we're just in the tank for any 24 at this point hmm? we're just in the tank a24 pays us yeah we're shills <laughs> we don't really like them not a real sponsor but could Those be disney checks were like push those aside <laughs> yeah the a24 checks disney you've given us enough money yeah uh, a24 yeah. just offered us uh discount coupons to denny's yeah sure so, we do live relatively the, close the to grand the slam i would <laughs> yeah let's keep interrupting maverick no, if it's fine. I mean, like, I don't really need to be here. It's cool. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Hereditary, which is a spooky movie, as I like. Um, let me read you what IMDb has written as a summary. When Ellen, the matriarch of the Graham family, passes away, her daughter's family begins to unravel the cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. The more they discover, the more they find themselves trying to outrun the sinister fate they seem to have inherited as it slowly destroys everything they know. Uh, the trailer for this movie is really, really good. The one that I've seen. I don't know. If, is there, are there multiple? I don't know if there's more than one out. I, I've only seen one. I don't want to yeah. watch any other trailers because I don't either. Don't need it. I'm, and, I'm in and the trailer, like you kind of get a vague idea for what's happening. But what I like about the trailer is it doesn't really give away. Yeah the big stuff um which i think is easy to do in horror movies and the reviews for it so far the little stuff i read have all said this is just a terrifying movie like it's it's scary which has me excited because i haven't seen a truly scary I've heard film it's like deeply upsetting yeah it's like, it, <laughs> like it seems like it's got like a like a psychological element to it where it's like it's you know i'm sure there's gonna be jump scares and stuff like that but it seems like there's also going to be a lot of like just really, really unnerving tension and like uncomfort. Here, so, hear me out, is, though, Maverick. It, what if? Yeah, here you go. What if? Here it comes. It's not a horror movie at all. Mm. It's just a family drama, mm. and <laughs> nothing comes at night. Yeah, they, they just don't. Which I really like the, the, the stuff they're inheriting is bad communication skills. I know? mean, it comes at night. It's better than Happy Death Day, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what isn't? Uh, all right. <laughs> I was gonna quit the show. Garfield <laughs> jokes and dissing on his on his happy death day. Uh, um, a few things that make me happy. You guys just want to yank them away. Well, <laughs> that's it. Uh, but yeah, so I highly, I would say you know watch the first trailer and then don't watch anything else that comes after that and wait until June eighth when this movie is coming out this year because I uh, 
I have a feeling this is going to be a like I'm looking forward to the episode when I get to talk about it because I think it's going to be a fun time. Um, I don't get excited by horror movie trailers or horror movies coming out too often anymore because I just don't have a lot of hope in them, and I'm excited for this one. Okay, June 8th, can't wait. I I could not be more excited about this one as well. Um. <laughs> Sorry, we have the run- we have the running list of like what we're talking about on the spreadsheet, and Will edited John's uh, honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, I saw, and that. it's inappropriate, so I can't read it. But oh, it made me audibly laugh like that. I'm sorry, it caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> so, Will, on that note. Um, now that your shenanigans have rendered Maverick useless. <laughs> oh, man, you, you short-circuited me, bro. Okay. <laughs> Will, what is your final uh, anticipated film? Well, I'll let Maverick get I'm his, done. Uh, I'm done. laughs I'm done. out of the system. I'm sorry. I'll go ahead. Thanks for that, Will. Happy yeah, Death sure. Day still sucks, though. Did you guys not see the other ones I put in? I did. No. I, okay. You, you finished on a stronger note. All right. Well, that's always good. Man, did I switch um, up at the right time? So I think my third choice was one people expected on John's list, but it's a film I'm very much looking forward to as well. I think we share the same appreciation for it. Uh, it's The Incredibles 2, which is the sequel to The Incredibles. Uh, <laughs> if not my favorite, then my second favorite Pixar movie and certainly one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, certainly one of the best superhero movies ever made. Uh, I mean, there's no need to go on and on about why The Incredibles is great. All we need to say is it's been, I forget, the first one came out in 2004, right? 14 years. Yeah, so 14 years, which can be a little concerning. But I think Brad Bird's just been waiting to crack out an uh, appropriate sequel of one that would fit the legacy of the first movie. And uh, I'm, I'm digging the trailer so far. I am pretty nervous just because I'm always concerned when a movie I really like has a sequel. But I don't think they're just going into this to make a sequel. I think Brad Bird wanted to make something that was worthy of being as good as the first movie and whether or not he succeeds in that regard we'll have to see but i do think this one will be pretty fun and i mean i'm wondering if there's going to be some commentary on like the fact that like you know in 2004 like we had superhero movies but i was like kind of like towards the beginning of like superhero boom uh so now we're kind of in this superhero era i don't know if they're going to comment on that per se but i am very excited to see what's in store and finally get a conclusion for what happened with the undertaker so, the underminer the underminer sorry sorry my underminer jeez <laughs> thank you sam yeah isn't it undertaker a wwe wrestler yeah undertaker's a wrestler saw. yeah <laughs> obviously i'm really excited about incredibles 2 as well it really was between me and will like who was going to put it on their list and i i thought that like you were you were genuinely more excited about this one than any other superhero movie so i figured it, it fit it fit for you to take it and i obviously everyone You're knows kidding. that i love the incredibles and i've talked enough about it um, I just, I honestly, I did a, I did a YouTube video about this. I, I think it's, it's going to be one of the summer's biggest movies. I think it's going to surprise people. I just, I've seen people kind of be tepid with it and like, well, you know, it might, it might do okay, but it's not going to do as well as most other big tentpole blockbusters. I think that's foolish. I think it's, it's the only animated movie coming out this summer that I think people are genuinely seriously hyped about, <laughs> you know, like it's biggest animated competition is like hotel Transylvania three. And I just don't, and that comes out later in the summer. So yeah, I think this thing is going to dominate. I think it's going to be another Finding Dory, honestly. I don't think it'll be make us quite as much money as Finding Dory, but it'll definitely be up there. Yeah, for sure. I do think it's going to be, if not the highest grossing film in the summer, then probably the second highest grossing movie of the summer. I'd say second to Avengers Infinity War. 
That's right. That's what I'm thinking yeah. as well. And then three is probably going to be solo. Uh, I think it'll be Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, I hmm. think they, the marketing is picking up and I think people are liking it more than they were a few weeks ago even. And we'll let's, see, let's yeah. get into that. We don't have time. Like we're, we're pretty short on time. So we'll just go through some of the movies we did not mention. Um, and some of these made our honorable mentions. Uh, so we mentioned Deadpool 2 coming out, but uh, also, yeah, Solo, a Star Wars story. None of us are particularly excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to, you know, I'm into seeing another Star Wars movie. I just think it's very soon um, after Last Jedi. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that after this, it's going to be a while. It's going to be like a year and a half before we get another Star Wars movie, which that's probably for us. Yeah, and I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, one of the things I really liked about Last Jedi is that they had the confidence and Ryan Johnson let him do what he wanted. This film, it seems like they're having a lot more control on the film, which makes me nervous about the quality of it. The main thing I want to see is just Donald Glover as Lando at yeah. this point. I, I really think when they uh, fired Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they should just cut their losses and just made a Lando movie. <laughs> but <laughs> He does look like the main character if you look at the poster, which, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have a feeling this one will this will still make tons of money, and it's gonna people. I think people are gonna like it. I've heard good things um, from some of the really, yeah, some of the test screenings have been pretty positive. So, I yeah, who knows? Uh, there's It'll another, be fine. I bet. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be bad. I just don't really have the same excitement for it as I did. It'll for probably Last be Jedi. An, yeah. It'll probably be another Rogue One. Which, if that's the case, cool. I'm into it. Whatever. It'll be average at best. Uh, there's also Action Point. You know, it's kind of a middling action movie coming out. Uh, there's a drift, kind of a, another Shailene Woodley film with uh, that guy from. I, I always forget his name. It's the guy from uh, the Divergent movies. No, not Divergent. It's he's from the Hunger Games. He plays Finnick. Oh, um, Sam Shefflin or whatever. Claflin. Is that who it is? is that who it is? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm also looking forward. To, so Hereditary will be coming out soon after that. I think we're all looking forward to another really great horror film. I don't know about you, Sam, about when it comes to horror, but uh, I don't discriminate based on genre, so Good. Uh, I'll be excited for anything. Honestly, cool. Um, and then Ocean's Eight will come out. Then Incredibles two, and that's and then after these two big films, we'll have Jurassic World: The Fallen Kingdom, which I do expect to make tons of money. And I, I, I don't know. I, I the new trailer just came out. I, I'm into it. I, I think it's it's looking better than I think. The first few trailers, I was like, I did not care at all. I was just like, this is... I, I had no interest. It, it was kind of like this volcano story. But now it's kind of feeling they really are just remixing the second Jurassic Park movie, which, mm. you know, is not a great movie, so maybe they'll do a better job. Who knows? It's in need of a remix. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is on Maverick's honorable mentions. Uh, Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Uh, I, and you haven't seen the first car. No, I, and I was going to explain that. Yeah. I just, you told me yesterday cause I'd asked you about it cause I'd seen this trailer a lot lately and mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just assumed the first one was like a whatever action movie. So I didn't think much about it. So I think you'll like it actually. And yeah, you were saying it's, it's something worth checking out. So I was like, well, cool. I'll watch the first one and then I'll watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the same guy I did arrival and blade runner 2049. Well, I no, he didn't direct this one. Oh, no, we're talking about this. The sequel is... Yeah, well, no, director. I'm talking about the original Sicario. Yeah, yeah. but I am, I'm looking forward to Sicario Day of the Citadado because it was still written by Taylor Sheridan. So, uh, and it has, a pretty, it has a pretty good cinematographer. It isn't Lubeski, but it's somebody else that uh, uh, is pretty technically good. I forget his name, unfortunately. Uh, and then the first Purge, that's just going to... Everyone's going to just stop and slow down at that point. Um, <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp. None of us put this on our honorable mentions, but, you know, I am looking forward to it. I, I, really I forgot it was it. coming I, out. I, I'm not yeah, as excited about it. I was way more excited about it in 
the first one because it felt like, oh, wow, you know, Edgar Wright, then, yeah. of course, Peyton Reed. Um, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling it could be uh, worth a watch. Hilt- yeah. Hilt- I think Hilt- they're holding back on the marketing after yeah. Infinity War right. comes out, so who knows? Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Hotel Transylvania 3, okay. I, I like the first two films. They're kind of weird and out there. Really? But, um, yeah, I, I, I love Jenny Tarnakovsky's animation. Sure. And the first two are pretty enjoyable. They're just, you know, they're decent kids' films, I think. I know not everybody's into them. But, yeah, not you know, a fan, but teach your own. I like them. Uh, Skyscraper, starring The Rock. <laughs> this made all of our honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> uh, this is yeah. the one where he uh, he jumps from that, like, uh Sky from one building to the other, right? Yeah, it just looks like another kind of like San Andreas. This is the one where he like stops, takes sunglasses off, and says, "Let's go save the world." Right? Right. Yeah, it's that time of year. Uh, No, but it it does kind of look like the kind of another rock vehicle where uh, it kind of looks. It's kind of borrowing from Die Hard. There's a tower. He has to go in and save his family. You've seen it. Um, And then the Equalizer two. Um, I don't know if you guys really like the first Equalizer, but uh, you know Denzel Washington action movie, kind of darker. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it could be worth checking out. Mamma Mia, here we go again. Um, again, all of our honorable mentions. And I, <laughs> honestly, John, I'm, you I'm joke, surprised you like are. that Mamma Mia. You're just going to put me out there like that? Like, we well, talked about gonna, that this happy death day, you get that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the first Mamma Mia. I'm, I'm a big fan of ABBA, and uh, I have a bit of a musical guilty pleasure kick. Um, so anyway, there's uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies coming out in August, Christopher Robin, The Spy Who Dumped Me, The Meg, which I was I was kind of surprised. I would have thought you would have put that on your honorable mentions, Will. It looks kind of like... Why? The Meg? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really do much for me. You but... had you had Upgrade, Eighth Grade, which I love. It's my, my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, and The Happy Time Murder is that puppet movie. Yeah, I don't actually know if the Happy Time Murders is coming out this summer, which is the main reason why I didn't put it on my list. But it's supposed uh, yeah, to. Be, yeah, who knows? I, I haven't seen any marketing for it yet, but it's a movie I've been really curious about for like eight years now. Ever since they first announced it, mm-hmm. it's going to be like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit with like the Jim Henson Company. Uh, so I think it, it could be a huge disaster. It could be you know the surprise hit of the summer. So I don't know. I'm very curious about it. Yeah, uh, Under the Silver Lake, another kind of indie movie. How to Talk to Girls at Parties, which I heard was terrible, but um, yeah, I do but John Cameron it. Mitchell, who yeah. I like a lot. So um, Upgrade, uh, you also had that on your list, Maverick. Um, I I'm really looking forward to Tilly. Uh, Tilly is the Charlize Theron movie I referenced earlier. I I think that it could be. I I don't know. I, I it was between that and Puzzle, and it it looks kind of like that kind of downbeat drama that uh, with like a little hint of comedy. Lots of other movies coming out this summer. We'll be talking about them all throughout this season. Um, I can't wait, honestly, for a few of these. And I don't know. I, I think that this is going to be a year where the blockbusters are going to be quite overshadowed by a few surprise hits, maybe. And uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for our summer movie preview. Hopefully I didn't leave anything out um, that was worth bringing up. Let's quickly. Uh, so we have three mini reviews, but we're, we're completely out of time. So we're we're gonna have to do mini mini reviews. We did this I think last year too. Um, so here's how we'll do it. And and honestly, I don't feel bad about it because all of these movies are. So we're doing three of them. All of these movies, I think we could do in like a sentence. How does that sound? Uh, well, no, I can't do Super Troopers two in a sentence, but I can do. I feel pretty in a, in a sentence. <laughs> all right, do I feel pretty in a sentence? I don't. <laughs> 
damn it. Jeez. That stars Amy Schumer, by the way, and uh, I have no interest in it. I just think it looks kind of... It's not for me. Yeah, it's not the worst. It's just... like I mean, I, I actually kind of like Amy Schumer. She gets a bad rap. I think she is talented. I think she can be a very likable screen presence, but this movie is so generic. It feels like something that was ripped from the loins of like the 90s hmm. rom-com era, and I, I it has like the most... like hokey message you can imagine and the plotting is very predictable and you don't really even care for the character that much so uh, i gave it like a c i think it's nothing special speaking of c's that's what i gave super troopers too oh really you know i love the first super troopers i think the first super troopers has like a very nice it's like kind of a folksy charm to it Mm -hmm. it is a comedy it is kind of like this you know it's raunchy frat humor but there's also like I, it it shows the side of being a cop that like movies don't usually show. There's a reason why it kind of became a cult favorite. Super Troopers Two kind of doesn't have any of that stuff. It's just a lot of jokes repeated from the first movie. And oh, I I'd disagree. say the first half is pretty funny, and I think once the plot kicks in, it kind of falls apart. I think we we kind of said that to each other, Maverick, after we saw this. Mm-hmm. Why do you disagree, Will? Well, okay. Well, for one, I was gonna say yeah. I think these two Super Trooper movies they have a poor habit of coming out at the wrong time. With Super Troopers 1, it came out just after 9-11, and that was like a time when people were not in the mood to like laugh at law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's kind of telling that that movie, in a weird way, is actually kind of a commentary on like the transition from like pre to post 9-11, that like there's like this kind of running theme of like lost innocence and like how like these like guys who just want to have fun and stuff have to realize that like they have to grow up and accept that the world is not gonna enjoy like their shenanigans anymore. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I do think the movie, the first movie stands on its own in that way. And I think it holds up pretty well. Uh, the second movie, it, it is very hit and miss. But I don't know. I just feel like there is such a great camaraderie between the guys from the Broken Lizard group. And I was really consistently amused throughout. And I was not expecting to be. I was kind of expecting this to be uh, whatever so-so comedy. And I don't know. It just consistently made me laugh. And I didn't feel like it ever really died down. If anything, it actually kept my interest throughout. And it was one of the few movies I've seen this year that actually made me completely forget about like the outside world for about a hundred minutes. Could not disagree more, but yeah. Hmm. That was a very long sentence, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) What was your grade? Well, I told you that I was going to have more to say about super troopers, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a film. I'm not going to say it's like a great film or anything. It's not, it is kind of patchy and it does have the burden of being like, I don't know, like what, 10 years too late Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, and I do feel like there's like more on its mind that it knows what to do with in the sense that like not so much idea wise, but like there's just so many jokes in here that I feel like they kind of they don't have the breathing room that the first movie does. It just kind of rapid fire, and they just don't really have the um, I don't know. Like I guess the first movie just kind of flows better, and this movie just kind of stops and starts a lot. But uh, I don't know. I, I I just find myself amused by this this series of films for whatever reason, and I gave it a B minus. Okay, and uh, what about you, Mav? I mean, uh, it was uh, B minus for me as well. Oh wow, you both liked it a lot more than me, huh? I just, yeah, I just didn't think it was this funny. Uh, I mean, there is. I, mean, I will say a lot of the jokes. I mean, it's just like a lot of puns, a lot of jokes repeated over and over again, and a lot of jokes I recycled from the first one. But to uh, me, I, I think just, here's the thing. Though. I think if you go in as the first one too, we should probably save this for a different sure, times. I feel like <laughs> this movie, like if you go in, like if you have like a couple beers before or after, maybe do some extracurricular activities. You're going to have a good time. But I saw it sober as a mule, and I still had a pretty good time. Oh, yeah. That would explain why I liked it. 
Yeah. There was a cop. It was a holiday. Standing and watching us. So. There was a cop standing three feet behind me as we watched <laughs> he this. Knew, he had your number, man. I was there for... It was a paranoid movie going experience. <laughs> Can I laugh at this? Like, <laughs> yeah. I will say there is... Speaking of like things, I don't know if you're allowed to laugh there or not. There is one like set piece or whatever in this movie that like I don't know if it's like... It's probably not PC... But it's so bizarre and weird that it made me like shake my head and laugh just at how absurd it is. Do you know what I'm talking about, John? I don't want to give it away, know. but um, we'll have to talk about this off the air. It's it's a it's, it's during the drug sequence. Uh, <sighs> I so much of that in movies. I don't know. I honestly, I just I just was not impressed by it. And the first one's a lot better, and that's all I got on that. I mean, I was, I agree with the first movie's better. I just I thought it was an acceptable sequel. That's what I'll say. Nah. And then there's The Endless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Endless, uh, Sam, you saw this at the Denver Film Festival, correct? I did, yes, months yeah. ago. And I, I just recently watched it. Uh, it's this new sci-fi film uh, from Justin Benson, who wrote and directed it with his longtime collaborator, Aaron, uh, Aaron Moorhead. Mm. And it's, it's this kind of creepy, suspenseful sci-fi horror where these two brothers, they kind of grew up in a death cult, and they are adults now and they've kind of been redoctrinated into like normal life. And they, the, one of the brother, the younger brother, he only remembers life back home in the cult as very positive. He just remembers good times, you know, campfires and he really misses it. He hates, oh. he wants to relive the glory days. Of, it's Brigsby uh, Bear. <laughs> <laughs> it is. This movie is nothing like Brigsby Bear. Um, no. It, unfortunately it's it's not nearly as good it's it, it there's a lot of like uh it, there's, there's a lot of ideas in here that are very similar to annihilation and uh, this movie came out a while back i think it was uh at tribeca it premiered a year ago and it's a very weird film it's it it's it's shot very strangely um there's a lot it, there's a lot of original filmmaking behind it it's a very washed out filter they used where everything kind of just feels like amateurish but kind of in a way that makes sense for what you're watching and they, the plot basically is they decide to go back. They visit the cult uh, for a day, and uh, they find out something weird is going on, um, weirder than they remember. And it, 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 it's the kind of movie it gets better as it goes along. Honestly, I was not into it the first twenty, thirty minutes. Um, but once you really get into it, once you start to understand what's going on, uh, there are some really cool sequences here. And uh, I definitely, I think it's worth a watch. What did you think of it, Sam? Um. I I'm a big uh, sci-fi fan, as you know, if you're at all familiar with me. Probably uh, it's my favorite genre, and so I like to seek out these literal uh, little littler things. Jeez, I couldn't find the word littler things. Yeah, yes, um, and uh, it is it's it's everything you said. It's very strange. It's very surreal. Um, it's it's also kind of cold, unfortunately. Like I, it's it's hard to get invested in this, but because of that. Uh, I actually compare it to a sci-fi movie from like 15 years ago uh, that has a pretty substantial cult following. It's called Primer. Uh, I don't know if yeah, I was thinking of, of Primer during this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very similar to that. So I think if you're a fan of Primer, I think this this movie was made for uh, probably for you more or less. I think um, I, it's the kind of thing that I have a feeling will gain like a cult following over yeah. the years. <laughs> and will show up on like underrated sci-fi lists. It's yeah, it's funny because it's about a cult. Um, yeah, it's very you know. I think uh, 
it's it's a it's a really really good effort by these uh, filmmakers. They haven't really done a lot that's been under any sort of huge spotlight, and so. Well, what they pulled um, off was such a low budget. Uh, I thought it was pretty impressive. So. Yeah. So whatever. Hopefully, this this leads to good things for them. I hope because I think yeah. they have potential because it's very. They clearly know what they're doing. Whether or not that's massively appealing to an audience is sort of just up to your personal taste. Mm-hmm. Um, when it when it comes to what I thought of it, it's just it, it's fine. Um, I didn't get anything really meaningful out of it or anything. Yeah, and part of uh, that is because it just a lot of it doesn't make sense. I, they they don't full, they don't really explain certain things. I think in a way yeah. that is satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it's not the kind of thing that like uh, you it, that's begging for rewatches. You know, like oh, I gotta watch it again now that I know that this happens yeah. and go and figure that thing out. It doesn't it doesn't leave you or at least uh, myself with that sort of feeling. Um, so. If, if you're going to go see this, sort of expect to be confused, I think. Uh, maybe not lower your expectations, but just know that it's uh, it, there's a lot of twists and turns in this story. Yeah. Um, and Shit. I think solid effort, but, uh, you know, as a movie, it sort of, it, it's okay. Well, that's, Should that's... I be endlessly confused? No, <laughs> you won't be confused. Like it, it, it makes like it makes sense what happens. It's just there are certain things they don't really explain. You kind of have to fill in the blanks yourself, and it's not that interesting the mystery. So I, I don't know. I don't. Will I don't think John got your pun. I got that's the pun. A, oh. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not that hard to get. <laughs> but I was. <laughs> that's the endless. I gave it a B minus. I thought it was uh, it was worth checking out. Oh, are we doing letter grades? You can do whatever you want, Sam. Okay. Uh, on my personal scale, it's a it's a three out of five, so six out of ten. I gave it a three out of five on Letterbox too. So to me, that's a B minus. I know some people consider that like a B. I cons- I consider three and a half a B, but mm. yeah, that's that's where I stand. I mean, if you really want to get technical with the three I out do. of five is like a B, and two point five is like a C plus. So yeah, the currency exchange is kind of strange. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's all we got uh, for this episode. <laughs> you um, plagiarist. <laughs> uh thank you as oh, wait, always for listening. Three out of five is a B minus what I meant to say, not B. Oh, that's what I figured you meant. Yeah, um, that's what I meant. I, I just clarifying. So coming soon to theaters. Obviously we're gonna be talking about Avengers Infinity War in our next episode. Uh there's a few other limited releases we're looking forward to. Uh Disobedience, um uh, from Chilean director Sebastian Lilio. it's not it's Chilean. I, I think uh, I forget how you're supposed to say that, um, unfortunately. I'm is this sorry. the Weiss uh, McAdams movie? Yeah, so Rachel McAdams, Rachel Weiss. This is from the director of A Fantastic Woman. Um, it's produced by Bleecker Street. I am very excited about Disobedience. The trailer um, has me very interested. I love what this director has to say about sexuality um, in the modern era. Um, and this one looks like it could be very interesting. It's going to be hitting a few screens. Also coming out in limited release, Backstabbing for Beginners, uh, a new A24 film starring Theo James from Divergent and Ben Kingsley. Uh, it's a political spy thriller based on a true story about uh, this guy who works for the United Nations trying to cover up a true story about the Iraq oil reserves. So that could be interesting. It's it's not really getting a lot of buzz uh, for an A24 film, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if any of us are able to catch it. And with that, that's our, our episode this week. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com cinemaholics, Twitter at WGT cinemaholics. And uh, send us your feedback via email, cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a new Anyway That's All I Got episode coming out Thursday. You can subscribe to that feed. Uh, just look up Anyway That's All I Got or Cinemaholics and you'll see their show. Uh, and their latest episode, Top 5 Best Supporting Characters, is live now. And you can check out that and uh, most of their episodes. We're still archiving and uh, all their old episodes are going to be showing up on that feed over the next few weeks. 
And with that, we'll see you guys again next week from the Internet California. I am John Agroni. Uh, from the Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Will Ashton. From the Broadband Basement, I'm Avrakai. <laughs> and uh, from uh, the Internet Colorado, I'm Sam. See you next time.